0: This is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Today is a good day to be in the house of God, isn't it? Today's a unique day to be in the house of God, isn't it? You know, anytime you see in the book of Acts or you see in the Bible where there was persecution or there was something, trouble that went on, the church didn't go underneath. The church grew. The church continued to expand, not to, uh, not to go into hiding. And I, and I can tell you, God has whatever plans the enemy might have, God has bigger plans, amen? And he's gonna take... Uh, any disease or anything, uh, any uh, news or anything that you hear out there and he's going to turn it around for people and so we trust in the Lord. Today is a day of prayer, so not only as a church do we pray in this house, but continue to pray throughout the day and thank God that today is that day. Psalm chapter 46, Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1, I'd like for you to look at the screens. If you have it in your Bible, we read out of the New King James Version, but Uh, Let's look at the screens and say this out loud, say loudly. Let's fill this room with the voice of God's word today. Can we, everybody, look at the screens, let's say it together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Let's say that last line again. Therefore, we will not fear. And then look over at 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's writing to Timothy, who he's uh, uh, training up, and he says this to Timothy. He says, for God, read this with me, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to notice that fear is a spirit. He says, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, You know, you may think, oh, I I didn't realize it was a spirit. I just thought it was a reaction to something that we see. Well, he says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and I've felt it before. Have you ever felt it before to where there's something, you hear some information, and you start thinking about it really hard, and then you think like, oh, should I be concerned? And then all of a sudden, something, and, and it's not just thoughts, it's something comes upon you you know what i mean see because the enemy what he'll do is he'll exploit information he'll exploit exploit concerns that may think like do we have a reason to well maybe you know um, I, I wasn't thinking but now that this well should i all these questions come up it's called a spirit of fear but i want you to notice it doesn't come from god god has not say it with me god has not given us a spirit of fear if you have a spirit of fear that comes on you it's not from God that means you can resist it the Bible says submit yourself to God resist the devil and he'll flee from you resist the spirit of fear and he'll flee from you right he says but he has given us a spirit of power you know that's one of the things that uh, that makes God God is that he's all-powerful is that he's all-present and he's all-knowing, right? So he has given, not only is he all-powerful, but he's given us a spirit of power. Say, I have a spirit of power. Yeah, he's given us a spirit of power. Listen, he's given us a spirit of love. What does love do? Love is thinking about other people. What does fear do? Fear causes you to pull together and say, well, maybe I just need to think about myself because nobody else is thinking about me. Oh, okay, everything's good, I'm good. But listen, he's given us a spirit of Love, love, and he's given us a spirit of a sound mind. What does that mean? It means when you're not thinking straight, when you're thinking cray-cray, when you're thinking out there, right? When you're like, I can't even get my thoughts together. He's given you a spirit of, of a sound mind. I encourage you to take that scripture, write it down, hold on to it, put it as your screensaver, and just say it throughout the day. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. God is our refuge and our strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Why can we not fear just because he says not to? No, we, we don't fear because he's taking care of things. We don't fear because he's got it worked out, just like Tiffany was talking about Zoe. She's walking through the store. I've got the joy, joy, joy. You think she's worried about the coronavirus? She ain't concerned about it. She's touching and licking and... All this kind of stuff. And we're saying, hey, stop it. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, she's just all over. But you know what? Can I tell you? I know I'm not saying you should do that. But what I'm saying is this. God has got things worked out. You don't need to worry. You don't need to be afraid. Why? Because God's got you. God's got you. And notice, um, he, he says, uh, but he's giving you a spirit of power and love and of sound mind. Now, we've been planning to start this series called Go which it comes from, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's also what he told the seventy that he pulled together on the short term mission trip, and he said, "I'm going to send you out two by two. Go." What does "go" mean? It means get out of here. When you, when, um, when, when, when I, you know, say to my, I don't want to demean anyone like a dog, but when I say to my dog, "Go," I'm saying like get out of here. Go. Jesus told us to go. He said, "Go." What does that mean? It means don't stay, because there's something about outreach that the Lord is calling us to in fact in vision month in January when we were praying in January there's two words that uh, I pointed out that I know the Lord's leading us to as a church one is this one is that we need to pray and one is that we need to do outreach this year we need to pray and we need to do outreach now that leads to two people prayer leads to who to God outreach leads to who people out there right See, in a church, there's inreach—that's us. There's upreach, and that's God. And there's outreach, which is out there. We've been doing inreach for a while, and we're going to continue to do that, right? We're going to continue to be family and be the body of Christ. But we're saying, God's saying, focus on upreach and focus on outreach. And so that's what we're doing—is we're upreaching, we're praying. We started Tuesday prayer, and uh, people were, were asking, "Are we going to do that just in January?" I said, "I don't know." Uh, Let's just do it in January. And we got to January and and didn't seem right to stop it. So we're continuing to do Tuesday at noon at 12 and Tuesday at 7 o'clock. We're a praying church. That's our most important service of the week. Our most important services of the week are on Tuesday. And so um, if you can make it on Tuesday, I know if you work, if you can make it a lunch hour, some people come over and they make 45 minutes because they, they, you know, come in a little bit after and they'll uh, leave a little bit before it's over. But if you can make it on Tuesday, come. Why? Because he's our only help. He's our only hope. We don't have any other answers. If you're saying, I'm looking to find out what this church is all about, let me tell you what this church is all about. It's all about the Lord. It's all about the Lord and the word of God and leading people to him because he is our only answer and we have community around those things. And so uh, make sure, if you can, come to prayer. There's no condemnation. Don't feel bad if you're not there. But it is a, a service that we believe that it's gonna be ongoing and it's gonna be something that the Lord's gonna continue to do things. But today... Something starts at Memphis Tabernacle, and this has nothing to do with the coronavirus. This had to do with weeks and weeks and weeks ago, I knew today we were supposed to start a series called Outreach. Now, I know some people uh, would think that's kind of a bad time to talk about outreach because we're talking about burying ourselves under uh, in our closets and not, you know, uh, getting as much toilet paper as we can, and we'll all be okay, right? But the reality is, can I tell you, it's no, it's no accident that we're starting an outreach series today. When all this stuff's going on in our world. Do you think it's by any accident? So where we're going to continue, I didn't put this series on hold. I just kind of said, well, let's go ahead and start it. And we're going to talk about it today. So God is calling us to be a house of prayer. We're going to continue to praying. But today, I believe that launches something in the spirit that we're also an outreach church. We're a church that reaches out into our community, into our world, and uh, and, and shares the gospel and the love of Jesus. Um, unless you've been locked up in a closet somewhere, you know that this has been a wild week with coronavirus, COVID-19. It's been spreading. There's only two cases that are in Shelby County. I watched the mayor's address, uh, I believe, yesterday that he gave uh, earlier in the week, and uh, there's none that have come from the county. But uh, there are two that only two that are in the county. The stock market, you know, has dropped all record low and then it's risen all record high because of the big drop. And uh, people are panicking, people are freaking out. You may be some of those people, you may not be. I hope you're not. But what should we do as a church? What should we do? Well, there's two options that I see uh, up front. One is just don't worry about it, Uh, just go on with life as usual. But can I tell you, I think that's underreacting. And here's the reason why. Even if some people think, well, all this stuff is just propaganda and it's just people trying to do all, you know, this. Well, here's what I do know. That our president stood up with our vice president with all of these people who really do research and know what, what they're doing. And he said, this is not business as usual. This is something to take serious. So at minimum, we do take it serious because they said to take it serious. We take it serious. We don't just think that this is just some flippant thing. To what extent it is, I don't think any of us know. None of us know. Even the, the scientists are saying they don't know. And so what we don't want to do is just go on with business as usual. If nothing else, if nothing else, uh, there's people around us who are in fear and panic and we need to know what the word of God uh, says and how the Lord would have us to act. There's another thing we could do and that's buy a hand, hand sanitizer. All you can get and buy the toilet paper and hide away until, and just call it the end of the world and say, well, you know, at least I got my stuff, you know. But I can tell you, neither one of them, are, I think, uh, are going to work. I'm not speaking this morning from a scientific perspective, obviously. We, we rely on experts to do that. But I can speak from the Word of God today. So let me bring to you the Word of God, what the Word of God says about this. Uh, we, um, we were at the store a couple of days ago, Tiffany and I were, and there was a lady that was getting out of the car with her two kids, small kids, and she was in a panic and her kids were kind of jump out of the car or something and she had a shopping cart and she had a, Bottle of Lysol or something, and she was spraying down her shopping cart, and uh, and then she's telling, get you, get back in that car, get back in that car. She's yelling at the kids, and I thought I'd try to relieve her, you know, and I just said, oh, I understand. I said that's how we talk to our kids too, and I was trying to like just relieve her, like to say, yeah, there's a lot going on. And she goes, it's real, it's and I just told Tiff, I was trying to help her, <laughs> I was trying to relieve her, and she kind of went up. She goes, spray that Lysol on me or something. But here's here's what I know. We got into this store, we're walking around the store. And you could feel in the air that it wasn't just preparation like we're going on a camping trip. You could feel in the air that there was panic. You could feel in the air that there was a sense of what in the world is happening right now in our world. Listen, Christians, believers, brothers and sisters, we need to be aware of that, not just for ourselves, but for people that are out there. People are really going through some panic situations and you may be as well. That's why we need the word of God. There is panic in the air. We need to pray for our police officers. We need to pray for our first responders. We need to pray for our emergency uh, fire department. We need to pray for people, government officials, who it's easy to just shoot targets at them and say they should have done this or they should have done that. We need to, in fact, right now, Bow your heads, let's stop and pray. Lord, we pray right here in this city for our police officers. We pray for those who are responding, our first responders. We pray for, Lord, our fire department. We pray for the officials in our cities, Lord. We pray, Lord, anyone who's in charge, who's making decisions, give them strength. Give them wisdom. Let the truth Come out, Lord, of the, of the word of God and also of just the wisdom of how they should function, we pray. And more than anything, we pray that the gospel would go forth and that people would come to know Jesus. We pray for spiritual leaders in the city, that they would respond in faith, Lord, and that they would respond by leading people toward Jesus, we pray. And we thank you for it. Thank you that anything the enemy would mean for evil, that you will turn it around for good in Jesus' name. I know if some of you say, well, I'm not really sure what to do, but then you start hearing the news about travel bans. You can't go out of the country. You hear about professional sports being canceled, um, conferences being canceled, uh, um, concerts being canceled, uh, schools start shutting down. You say, well, yeah, I heard about that school, but that's, and then you hear this one too, and this one too, and this one too. For the semester, hear about grocery stores, um, you know, that are out of things, and, um, and what are we gonna do? Some people have babies, and they don't have formula and things like that, and you think, what are we going to do? Do we ignore it, or do we stockpile and hide away? Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to calm down, and we're going to trust in the Lord. Someone say amen. Amen. We're going to trust in the Lord. God is our hope. He's the one who helps you through anything. Let me tell you also, don't make any long-term decisions. I don't like to make long-term decisions based on information that we don't know about long-term. Let's make decisions based on information that we do know about. So if you know about information right now, like for instance, are we going to have church worship this Sunday? Well, you know, we check, I checked with some other uh, churches. I checked with things online. I looked in the Shelby County. I looked at recommendations. And, you know, and we got together with some of our leaders and we prayed about it. And we felt like, yes, we're supposed to have church. And that's what we'd always lean toward is let's gather together and have church as, as much as we can. But if there's someone who's sick, please stay at home. We don't want anyone to spread any type of sickness. If there's someone who um, is older and they're concerned about something or you're having diabetes or you have some type of condition that that you're concerned about, you know, there's no judgment here. In fact, we want you to stay at home and worship God uh, on your own. But I'll tell you, if we can come to church and gather together as believers, let's come to church and gather together as believers. Someone say amen. Thank you for being here this morning, but we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. It's always best to make wise decisions based on what we know. In the relationship series a couple of weeks ago, the, this is one of the reasons why I said it's important to uh, be equally yoked or to be married to or join together with someone who makes decisions the same way as you make decisions. Why? Because we're a people who we, uh, we have a, uh, a, a kingdom that we belong to that's not just the kingdom of the United States. We belong to a kingdom that's a spiritual kingdom that's a kingdom, the kingdom of God. We have a different way of making decisions. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who's right here for us and who helps us every step of the way. And even when Jesus left, he said, I want to let you know I'm leaving you in good hands. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he's gonna be with you. He's gonna be in you. He's gonna help you to make every decision that you need to make. So let me tell you, God will not leave you out on a decision that you need to make. He's going to take care of you every step of this way. But church, we are not of this world. We are not of this world. We're in the world, but not of the world. And the Bible says don't be conformed to the world. Don't look at the world on how to make every decision in your life. We need to look to the word. We need to look to the Lord. Do not live like those who have no hope, the Bible says. Don't live like those who have no hope. People in the world, they find out that something's wrong and they freak out because they say, well, I guess this is all we know to do. That's true because you don't know God. We have the word of God. We know what the Lord says, so we need to be around the people of God who are making decisions. Do we ignore the information? We don't, but we ask the Lord how to react to the information and how to act accordingly, amen? So what I'm going to talk about for a few moments is this, that we will not fear. My title is We Will Not Fear. Can you say it with me? We will not fear. I'm going to give you three things that we do in times of trouble. That applies to this, but it applies ongoingly. And it is about evangelism series because a lot of people won't tell the gospel because they're freaked out about what people think about them or they don't know what to do. But today we're talking about we will not fear. Number one is this, we walk in faith, we will not fear. We walk in faith. Can you say it today? I walk in faith. Will not fear. Psalm 46, verse 1, we already read it. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. When Jesus was comforting his disciples in John chapter 14, he said this. John 14, 1 says, do not let your heart be troubled. You know what that means? It means if your heart's troubled, you're letting it be troubled. Well, I can't help it. Jesus said you could because he wouldn't tell you to do something that you couldn't do. When Jesus says forgive, that means you can. When Jesus says don't fear, that means you can. So he says, do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then down in verse 27, Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Whose peace did he give? He gave his own peace. Do you think Jesus was troubled about things? No. Jesus brought things back to the Father. Jesus walked in peace, and he said, I'm going to take my peace and leave it with you. My peace I give to you. Notice, he says, I do not give you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Notice, don't let it be troubled. Nor be afraid. Don't let it be afraid. If your heart's troubled, you're letting it be troubled. If it's afraid, you're letting it be afraid. Well, how do I not let it be afraid? One of the things is what you talk about. The Bible says your body follows your tongue, right? Your body follows your tongue in the book of James. So your mind follows your tongue too. What we talk about is that God is our refuge and strength. Say it with me. God is my refuge. God's my strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear. I would recommend taking that scripture and reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it it until there's not even an ounce or a hint of fear in your life. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. (laughs) Notice he talked nothing about the situation. And that's kind of how the Lord, sometimes we say, but Lord... You didn't have the coronavirus, <laughs> but Lord, you didn't have this situation, but Lord, you didn't have that. Notice, he says, my peace I live with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, right? Don't look to the world to get that from them. Sometimes we turn on the news to get comfort. Sometimes we turn on the news to say, maybe they're going to let us know everything's going to be okay. And you know most of the time that doesn't happen. You turn on the news and you figure it out. It's worse than I thought. Why did I turn this on, right? What is he saying? I give you peace. When you're looking for comfort, when you're looking for peace, it's important to look to the Lord. Peace that goes beyond our human understanding. In fact, in Philippians 4, verse 6, remember he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your request. And he says, in the peace of God which passes under standing, what does that mean? It means you should be freaked out about it, but the peace covers you. You should be a little concerned, but something filtered that concern right out, and that's called the peace of God. On the understand. How does that come? It comes through, don't worry, pray. Don't worry, bring it to the Lord. Don't worry, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Peace goes beyond human understanding. Can I tell you, God's not surprised by the coronavirus. God's not like, I didn't see that one coming. Didn't know about that. No, God already knew what was happening. God already knew. God, God's not surprised by all the panic that's going on. No, he already knows, and uh, he's already got a plan for it. He saw it coming, and that's why he told us, I know, as a church, that's why he told us to pray, that we need to be in prayer. We Sometimes we think, well, why do we need to pray all that? We don't, sort of like, we don't really need God right now. Why would we need to pray? See, people don't ask, why do you pray when you need God? They ask, why, why, why would we have a whole prayer service when you don't need God, right? Almost like, we got this, Lord. But God's not surprised. God is faithful. God has a plan. God is with us. He said he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. He's working all things. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God, read it with me, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We already read it. He, we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Again, Fear is a spirit, and it's not a spirit that comes from God. Instead of panicking, what do we have? We have peace. Instead of being fearful, what do we have? We have faith. We have faith in the Lord. So when people look at us and say, how are you doing? Here's how it should be. It should be that we look and say, I'm doing great. And they say, did you hear the news? Oh, yeah. Did, I, did you hear this news, though? <laughs> God's got it all covered. See, we need, to sh- we need to be bearers of, of good news as well, okay? Now, some people think it's not responsible if, if you're not fearing. That fear is just responsible. That you'd be worried about it, that, that almost like you're too dumb to worry. Like, like he, he, he he must not even know, you know, that all this stuff's going on. But can I tell you, you can be responsible and make good decisions, but also not have fear and anxiety in your heart. Do you know there's never a time in your life where God, his will is that you fear? There's never a time in your life that God's will is that you would walk in fear. It just won't happen. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this, for we live by faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. Can you say it with me? We walk by faith and not by sight. So, number one, was that we walk in faith, we will not fear. Number two is this, we walk in love. What do we as kingdom believers do that the world doesn't do? We walk in love and meet the needs of others. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves Torment. See, this is why God doesn't want us to fear because it's tormenting to fear. Anybody ever just love fear like you're like, I love this? No, it's tormenting. It eats at you. It keeps you up at night. It keeps you in conversations. It arrests your productivity. It arrests your peace. Fear does. It's tormenting. So the Bible says, though, that there's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. uh Uh-oh, I thought fear was a good thing. No, fear points out that you're not walking in love. Because when you fear, who are you fearing for? Me. I want to make sure I'm doing okay. And once I get all my stuff together and I'm okay, then I think everything's okay, I'm not afraid anymore. What about being afraid for others? Well, I'll pray for others, but I'll fear for myself. No, We're, we're not supposed to fear there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You want to know the number one way to get your eyes off of fearing? It's to start thinking about someone else. Start looking around and finding someone else who's going through something. Uh, a couple of days ago, I told you we were in the store, but when we were in the store, I was, I was mad at my wife. By the way, it was our anniversary on that day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on our anniversary. I was mad at my wife because I couldn't find her as it is in the store most of the time because she's looking around, doing her own thing. And I'm like, that woman should follow me. I'm totally kidding. Okay, totally kidding, woman. She's... she's, She, uh, she, she wouldn't let me get away with that. But, but I was looking for her. I'm like, where is she? I'm pushing this big basket, and she's like, left me. I'm looking around for her. Where is she? And I look, and she's, she's down like this, and she's talking to this little elderly lady like this. You know, the lady's not this short, but the lady's like, like this short. She's, and I'm talking to her, and she's saying, is there anything else you need? And she's helping her find something on the shelf. And I walk over, and I'm like, where is she? And I look over, and she's talking, and my heart melts. I think, oh, wretched man that I am. I'm like, come on, woman, you know? And here she is helping someone else. She's saying, well, can I help you with anything else? And the lady goes, well, I just couldn't find it. No, maybe this. And Tiffany's being patient and kind and talking with her. And she says, well, if you need anything else, we'll be right over here. And, and, we'll, and this lady goes, well, thank you very much. You know what I thought? That's the way to alleviate fear. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes on someone else. Thank you for, uh, not for following me, but thank you for uh, taking care of that lady. And can I tell you, we need to be taking care of other people. Not just you feel better when your stuff's taken care of. But you know what? What about the people around you? What about the neighbors? What about the families? We walk in love. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Look at it on the screen. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. What is he saying? Don't just make sure you're taken care of and then you feel better because we're, we're, our family's okay. No, he says, take care of other people too. Listen, during the early church, they faced some heavy persecution that I hope to God we never have to face. But the early church, they were losing their life for their faith. Early Christians were not hoarders. Early Christians were not stockpilers just for themselves. The early church had a different uh, way of life. They didn't go to the Jerusalem Mega Mart, pack up with toilet paper, (laughs) pack up with, you know, whatever they needed, and then they just said, okay, I'm okay. Now, you know what they did? The early church, they had uh, this extreme love for one another. When they faced extreme persecution in their lives, um, they acted like the body of Christ, They acted like the body of Christ. They put others above themselves. In verse 44, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day, every day they continued to meet together. How often did they meet together? Listen, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Lord, whatever the situation is right now, we pray for help. We pray, Lord, that you'd be a help to the situation and bring people to Jesus. Thank you for it. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with gladness and sincere hearts. Every day they continued to meet. Listen, it's a time when people go through crisis that they want to skip church, that they want to back out. And again, I'm not throwing any stones at anybody. If someone's not feeling well, I, we, we don't want you to, to spread anything. okay? But let me tell you, it's not a time that we'd want to skip church and just play safe. It's a time when people are going through stuff. It's a time for believers, for the body of Christ to come together. I pray the church grows during this time. I encourage you to display your faith in worshiping God and coming together and loving the Lord. Not just once a week, but daily. Daily? What? Are we going to have church every day? No, we're not the church. You're the church. We're all the church. Listen, get together with other believers daily in your homes, and your families, uh, via a phone call, FaceTime, pray with them, love them, encourage them, keep them up, make sure they're taken care of. Every single day, we as the church need to be the church during these times. Amen? Not draw away from one another, but love one another. Come together. Be the people God's called us to be. That's what God's calling us to do. We're a people who love one another. Let's join together as a family. Let's pray together. Let's love one another. So people say, are we gonna meet publicly as a church um, during this whole time? If we can, we're gonna do everything we can to meet. If someone says we're, we, we can't, we won't. But we wanna do everything we can um, We believe that the church is a spiritual refuge for people. We believe that the church is a place that will give you news that people won't give you on the news. It's a place that I promise you, you'll walk out of this house encouraged today. Not walk out of this house feeling less, but feeling more confidence in the Lord for the rest of your week. That's what we want. We want the church to be a spiritual refuge for people in need. Listen, when things hit, and they do... This isn't the only thing that'll hit. All this stuff could be ended in a couple of weeks and, and we just move on and say, huh, whatever. But something else happens. Because we live in a life that we, we have trials. We have situations. We have problems. We have things that hit. We will always, as a church, lean toward being open and having church and gathering together as saints. We always will. Again, if you're not feeling well, you'll stay home. I had a couple of people text me this morning that just said they're, they weren't feeling well or their family wasn't feeling well, uh, you know, they'll be staying home, and I said, hey, bless you, have a great time uh, at home, but worship God at home, honor the Lord at home, love God at home. You're not going to hell if you miss church. Okay, but don't stop worshiping, don't stop seeking God. There's a lot of people out there that are looking for hope, a lot of people out there. If uh, it becomes obviously a, a unsafe or something, we will let you know, and, um, and we have a team that is meeting about that. And, uh, and, and we're praying for wisdom and we're doing what we believe is the right thing. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts. God's going to use this time for good. I believe that he is. So we walk by faith and not fear. Number two, we walk in love and care about the needs of others, not just ourselves. And number three is this, we shine bright. We shine bright and we don't hide away. Church, we shine bright. We shine bright and we don't hide away. In Matthew chapter 5 verse uh, verse, uh, 14, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, listen, Let your light, say it with me, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. The the same way as he says, don't let your heart be afraid. He says, let your heart, your life shine before others. See, back then they didn't have light bulbs. If we were to say light bulbs, we, you know they had candles, and I guess, and things like that, but they didn't have light bulbs. Today, we have light bulbs. When he says, let your light shine, here's the thing. If you were to walk into a dark room and you weren't sure what was in the room, uh, you, you'd feel a little bit vulnerable and you're looking around for the lights or a flashlight or your iPhone light or, you know, or something like that to, to put some light into the room so that you'd feel a little bit better. Okay, you do that. But if, if you walk into a room that you are familiar with, you walk in and you know where the light switch is and you just go flip it on. Well, if it didn't come on, maybe someone flipped out the lamp and it's not on the, the switch on the wall or something. You'd go over and you'd try to flip on the lamp. And then if it didn't work on the lamp, you'd check the bulb. If the bulbs burnt out, what would you do? You'd replace the bulb, right? That's one thing that just is a pet peeve to me. In our home, at church, when I walk around and I see like bulbs that are out, I just think, why is that bulb out? And some people have said, oh, well, because we don't need all the light. Yeah, but there's a socket for it. There's like, it's an empty light. Well, I figured, you know, there's enough light in the room. Yeah, but they didn't intend it that way. I mean, see how there's like six lights and one of them's missing? You know, that, do, you know do you know you're the light bulb? And what does he say? Let your light bulb so shine before men. Why? Because we're the light bulb. It's not that the socket doesn't work. It's that the light doesn't work. And so if we're not allowing our light bulb to shine, what it needs to happen, we replace the light bulb, right? And you say, God's going to replace me? Maybe. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's what I mean. If you need to be replaced, get born again. Make Jesus the Lord of your life, and then the light of Jesus comes inside of you. If your light is dim, that means maybe you're looking at things, or maybe there's things that are dimming the light on the inside. Here's what he does tell us. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. People don't see Jesus, they see you. In fact, do you know that Jesus isn't the light of the world right now? Now you might go, is that heresy? Listen, listen. Jesus said when he was in the world, I'm the light of the world. But do you know, he said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. That's what he said. Do you know after that, when he was about to leave, he said, you're the light of the world. What does he want to say? I was plugged into the socket and people saw Jesus, but you know what? Now you, you're the light of the world. What do we do during dark times? We shine. If during dark times we retreat and we say, well, I'm going through it too, then we're responding with darkness with darkness. We're called to shine as the light of the world. We're called to shine Jesus during dark times. Someone say amen. Amen. We're a light bulb. It's time to work. We need to make sure we work and we shine. During this time, people are afraid. They're unsettled. They're anxious. They're looking for hope. But we're hope dealers. I said we're hope dealers. We deal hope to people. People are going through stuff and they're talking down about things. Deal them some hope. Give them some hope. We're hope dealers. We're light shiners. We're love givers. That's who we're called to be. This virus may be contagious, but I'm praying that Christians will be even more contagious. Amen. I said that Christians will be even more contagious, that when they get around us and they want to talk about down, we'll say, yeah, I know I saw that same thing, but can I give you some hope? Can I tell you some things that Jesus is doing, that Jesus has done? Why? Because we have hope. What does hope mean? It means everything may not be okay today, but it will be tomorrow because we have a future. We have something that the Lord is calling us to. Spreading hope, spreading love, spreading the light of Jesus. I'm believing that the love and the hope of Jesus spreads faster than any virus that's out there. I pray that the hope of Jesus, that the gospel would spread forth, that just like we see these numbers of who's getting this more and more, that we would come and see who's getting Jesus more and more, that people are coming to the gospel. Can I tell you, this church and the church of Jesus Christ will not go under because of some virus. It's going to go above. Why? Because people are looking to, to something, and we all know that they need Jesus in our lives. We are not of this world. We don't grieve or panic like those who have no no hope. But we look to the Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.